y'all, and welcome to the Jesus Conversation Podcast, where we have genuine conversations about Jesus and get to hear others share amazing stories of how the Lord has changed and impacted their lives. I'm your host, Brittany Harden. And wherever you are in your walk with Christ, or if you're just wanting to see who Jesus is, we welcome you and hope you will stick around to learn more about Him and how He can change your life too. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Jesus Conversation Podcast. I am Brittany, and I am so glad you're tuning into this episode. If this is your first time joining us or you're joining us for another episode, I want to welcome you and pray these stories you're about to hear will help you grow closer to Jesus and bring you encouragement. On today's episode, we will be discussing when God tells you no, where I will be sharing with you guys another personal story from my life on how during a time when God told me no, I didn't know what to do and how to proceed at the time. But eventually, God's no was one of the greatest things that God used to show me some valuable things about Him and what to do in the future when He does tell us no. I hope you know how much I appreciate you being here with me today, and I am praying these stories of mine will encourage you and show you more and more attributes of Jesus. So let's get started. So I don't know about you, but as a kid, I hated hearing the word no. No meant not right now. It meant not today. Sometimes it meant never, like when asking my parents if I could have an otter as a pet, which to this day, I still want so bad. But no was just not a word I wanted to hear, like ever. And as a parent now to my own children, I can attest that is not a word they like to hear very often either. But as their mom, I can tell you my reasonings for saying no often mean I'm protecting them from something harmful. And it's funny how that works when you're placed in those shoes once you're in the parent role. Well, as an adult, though, I don't mind it as much. At least so I thought. As an adult, the word no has prevented me multiple times from making some pretty bad decisions in my life. No to drugs. No to a prior marriage proposal. No to trips that I had a bad feeling about and found out that they went sideways. You know, and for things like that, I was really thankful I think you see my point. But sometimes we go to God fully expecting Him to give us a yes. And then guess what? He tells us no. And we don't understand why and we don't like that He has said no to us. Whether that's a no to a job promotion or no to a loved one's diagnosis. And in my case, it was a no in passing my RN nursing exam the first time. Now, y'all have heard me talk about, you know, leaving my job as a nurse a few times now, but something I never told you was that I had to take my RN nursing exam, the NCLEX, twice. See, I was an LVN for a number of years before, and I passed that exam on the first time. Easy peasy, no problem. But when I finally went back to school for my RN, I struggled. And that exam, looking back now, I know it was all part of God's great plan. So let me lay some groundwork for you here. So this was a few years ago, around May, I would say. I had just graduated with my RN through school, meaning I had all the credits required, I'd passed all the tests, and I was able to walk across the stage and get my diploma. Now, that does not mean I'm automatically an RN here in the state of Texas. You still have to go and sit down for your state boards. I would say my son at the time was probably like two. My daughter was almost one. And I waited usually... I want to say it's probably like three weeks or so after I had graduated from school to take my nursing exam. 
Now, one thing you want to know is, you know, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of time to study, but we had literally been studying the last six months of our schooling. They kind of drill a bunch of tests in, into you as you're in there, and they're having you go through all of these, um, like, modules to get you prepared to take the NCLEX. So, at that point in time, I felt confident. I was ready. I was like, let's get this knocked out. I'm so ready to step into the field of nursing. And I'll, I'll never forget that morning driving there, y'all. It was about an hour drive from where I live. And it's really early in the morning when you have to go to the testing center. So I got to see like the sunrise and, you know, it was beautiful. I was jamming out to some good Christian music. I was praying the whole way there. And I was just so confident that today was going to be the day that, you know, this whole year had led up to that I was going to finally be a registered nurse. And, you know, I say a full year, really it had been multiple years of stuff getting myself ready to take this exam. And the way this exam works, just to kind of give you guys some backstory. So there is 300 questions on a computer screen. And the year that I took it, they had added some extra components that made it extra difficult. Um, they had, you know, they asked a question and they would, you know, give you multiple choice answers, but then they would have something that said select all that apply. So, you know, it might be like your answers A, C, and E. And you had to get all of those right in order for that question to be counted as correct. And if you made it all the way to 300 questions, um, the test basically was going to tell you that you probably didn't pass. Because what happens is the more questions you get correct, it brings your score up over this baseline. And once you've gotten enough correct that shows you're competent, then the screen will shut off and the test ends. And, you know, most people, that screen will shut off about 75 questions. So anyway, I go in, I'm sat down, I'm confident, I'm ready, I've been praying, I'm like, yes, Lord, this is it. Y'all, I was in that testing center for almost four hours. I think I got up like three separate times, went to the bathroom, tried to compose myself, because at that point in time when the computer just keeps going and going and going, you're tired, and you know that things are just not going well. I went through all 300 questions, and it shut off automatically, and I was like, Lord, you know, maybe it was just a fluke. Maybe I still passed. Maybe it was just this thing. Well, I went home just utterly defeated. And the next thing that happens is it normally takes about two weeks for them to send you an email. When that email comes, you pay a small little fee and it will open up and show you if you've passed or failed, but you won't get your official results until it comes in the mail like a week after that. So during that two week period, y'all, I was just so uncertain. I you know, I think part of me really didn't want to come to the grips, the come to grips with the fact that I had failed. And I remember one Wednesday we were driving to church. I know exactly where we were on the road and when this happened. But I remember in my spirit, you know, we talk to God sometimes in our head, not necessarily out loud. I'm in the car with my family, and I don't know why, just the burden of all this is really heavy on my heart. And I just started praying, and I'm like, Lord, like, did I pass this thing? And in my spirit, I. heard him say no. But I did what any human does, right? I sit there and I argue with myself. Was that really me, Lord? I mean, was that you? Was that me? No, it's me. No, it's me. It's you. No, no. I argue with myself and convince myself it was not him that I heard. And sure enough, two weeks later, I get the email. And I go in and I open it up and, you know, pay my little fee. And it says in big old words, failed. And I just lost it, y'all. I had to have a come to Jesus moment with Jesus himself. I was like, Lord, what is the deal? Like I've studied, I've had a child in the middle of all of this. I have a one year, you know, one year old at the time, now he's two. And, 
you know, I heard you tell me in Africa I was supposed to be a nurse. Like, why did, why did I fail? There's nothing here that I have done wrong. I've studied. It's not like I walked into this blindly, you know, expecting to get it without putting in the work. I did not understand it all. I truly did not. But I can tell you what happened next is not coincidental. And I know that God used these next three months to shape me. And I mean shape me in more ways than I have ever been shaped before in such a short amount of time. So I took that test I'd said like in May, probably into May, and I didn't retest again until August. So there was about a three-month period where I was, you know, going to church every Wednesday, every Sunday, going to Bible study, and something the Lord had me start doing was open communication with Him. I think we have this misconception that like, The Lord is in the sky and he's sitting on these big clouds and he's just listening and he's just saying yes or no, holding up a card, you know, green for yes and red for no. And, you know, he's sending down, you know, the rain and everything else. But it's so much more than that. Like the Lord wants a relationship with us. And in that season, the Lord kept saying to me, like, tell me how you feel. Tell me how you feel. And I would come to him and be like, Lord, I am mad. I am frustrated. I don't understand. I don't, you know, what have I done wrong? Why are you punishing me? And that is just me being completely honest and open and transparent with you guys. Like I struggled so hard for three months, but it caused me to open up to other believers in my small group. I had never been so open in those three months and any month prior to that time frame. I was open about my failure because that's what I felt like. I felt like an utter failure to my family, to myself, to my other colleagues. Um, I just felt like I let everybody down. You know, my husband had been working his butt off and supporting us fully while I was in school. And now I can't even pass my tests and try to help him financially. It was an awful feeling. And I feel like, you know, that three-month time period truly laid some major groundwork to some of the habits that I do now. One I've already mentioned, and that was that I now openly tell God how I feel all the time. You know, if it's good, if it's bad, if I'm frustrated with Him, if I don't understand, if I'm thankful, it has opened up that line of communication with Him, and I don't feel bad when I feel bad, if that makes sense to you. I think in a lot of ways, too, it started showing me patience. And I am, I will be honest with you, I am not a patient person. I still struggle with this in multiple areas of my life, but it allowed me to start taking slower steps to truly dig in my Bible and learn about who God is as a person. Instead of a person who just gives me things when I need them or when I don't need them, or if he's trying to show me something, it became more of that trying to truly understand who God is and how he thinks and why he does the way he does things. And it truly started laying groundwork for the way that I study my Bible so we were going through a Bible study at the time, and I, I honestly tried to find it at my house um, a couple of days ago as I was writing this, and I couldn't find it. And it dawned on me that I had put it in one of those little libraries. I don't know if your state has this, but in Texas, there's all these little like pop-up libraries, and it's like a little, usually it's like a cardboard or a wooden box that people will put books in, and people will take a book, and then you leave a book, and it's free. Um, and it, God reminded me that I had left this study in one of those little libraries. And so I don't, I don't have it on me anymore, but, um, it played a vital part during that three months having that study. And I'm going to show you why. So 
you know, three months goes by and it's time. It's time for me to wake up. It's time for me to go back to that testing center. And my drive this time looked completely different. Um, To be honest with you, I drove in silence for an hour. But you know what I did during that hour that I didn't do before? I prayed. And I didn't pray like, Almighty God in heaven, who art thou? And please allow me to pass this test. No, it was... God, like, I'm driving, I'm going there, like, I need you to be with me, like, I've, I pray this is it, I pray that you're with me, I pray you give me confidence, I pray that the answers come, and that you help remind my mind of these things, and help me be a competent nurse, I don't want to pass this if I'm not competent, I don't want to hurt anybody, and I did that for an hour, and for me, that's a new thing, just being able to sit there and talk for to an hour, or pray for an hour like that. And to this day, I can still remember how beautiful the sunrise was coming over Fort Worth as I was driving to Hearst. So anyway, I just had this feeling like I needed to get there early. So I remember I pulled up to the testing center and it's about 45 minutes before I need to go in. And I brought that study book with me and I sat in the car and I opened up the study book and I had noticed I had written on a margin a verse. It was just like a, like a cross-reference, so to speak. And I thought, I don't remember what that is. And I just had this feeling to look it up. So I pulled up my phone and I pulled out the verse and the verse said, Luke 7, 27. And it said this, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare the way before you. And in that minute, y'all, I felt God join me in that car. And y'all, people talk about getting the feeling of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And if you've never had that feeling, I want to take a second and just explain that to you. Because for me, and I know everybody's a little different, but for me, it's like goosebumps, like all these goosebumps all over your body. It feels like a fire on the inside of your heart that just starts to bubble up and bubble over. And I mean, you feel it in every fiber of your being. And in that moment, when I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me, I heard, the, I heard God just so plainly speak to my spirit. And we know from John 10, 27 and 28 that God says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. And in that moment, I heard God plain as day say to me, Brittany, I allowed you to fail so that you would not embarrass yourself. And I think about that now and just like, God cared so much. (laughs) I feel so embarrassed because I was so mad at God. But He cared so much in that moment about something as little as my embarrassment that He prevented me from passing the first time so that I wouldn't make a fool of myself. And I, I shamelessly tell you that, you know, I felt guilty for being mad at Him because I didn't understand that what He was doing was trying to protect me. And I tell you this now, like, I lost it, obviously. I I walked into the testing center with my face completely red. And, you know, before I did that, though, I just sat in my car in awe. You ever do that? Like, you think you're doing the right thing, and you realize later that something you were really upset about ended up being for your good? And in that moment, I realized it. It was like a second, just like, boom, I realized it. And this peace just washed over me. 
as I started to get ready to go into that testing center. You know, I'd always heard my whole life about, oh, Philippians 4, 6, you know, the piece that they talk about. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, it's this. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, one thing I did do before I walked into that testing center was I was reminded of something that Daniel did. Now, if y'all don't remember the story of Daniel, Daniel has a lot of facets to it. Um, But one particular thing about Daniel is Daniel was exiled um, from his homeland. He was sent to Babylon. He was serving multiple kings in his time. But he served a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. But Nebuchadnezzar wanted the impossible feat of someone telling him what his dream was. He couldn't remember his dream. He just just knew something was weird about it. And he wanted all of his magistrates and all of his magicians and all of his wise men, so to speak, to tell him what he dreamed. And of course, they're all like, well, King, if you tell us your dream, we'll interpret it. And he's like, no, like, I'm going to rip you limb from limb if you can't tell me what I dreamed. Well, you know, Daniel... And I bet you'll recognize these next three names, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all part of these wise men. And so um, Nebuchadnezzar's head man goes to Daniel and he says, listen, you know, um, you guys are fixing to be torn limb from limb because Nebuchadnezzar is mad. He doesn't know what he dreamed and nobody can tell him. And so guess what Daniel does? He, you know, instead of fretting about it and being mad that God is allowing this to happen, he runs to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and he urges them to pray to God for his mercy that God will give them this vision of what the king has dreamed. And so sure enough, he goes to them, he urges them, Daniel gets a vision, and the second he gets that vision, you think that you would get the answer and you'd go running, right? You go running to tell the king, hey, I found out what this is, but he didn't. Daniel stayed back and he took a second And he prayed to God. And during that prayer, he gave God praise. So in this moment where God had given me this peace and given me this confidence to walk into there, I took a second and I said, God, like, thank you. And I'm sorry that I am just now seeing that you truly do have good intentions for us, that you do have good ways for us, that you do direct our paths. And I'm sorry that I am just now seeing this. So let me stop and ask you something today. How often do we forget to take a moment and praise God when things are going good? It seems so easy to go to Him when things are bad, but are you going to Him daily and thanking Him just for the simple things? You know, I know in this season now, as an adult, I mean, the one I'm walking through currently, I can tell you something that I'm learning is to praise God for the things He's going to do. So for example, like during my prayer time now in the mornings, I'll say something like, you know, Father, thank you for the things I see and I don't see. Thank you for determining the steps along the way. And thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do that I may never see or that I can't even yet fathom. It's getting to praise God for the things that I know because I know God is good and He is just and He determines those steps for us and that He is for us and not against us. So anyway, I'm gonna go back into my story here. So I stopped and I prayed. 
and I walked into that testing center. And you know, even while I was sitting there testing, I was thinking over and over and over about two particular verses. One is Romans 8.28, and it says, For we know that God allows all things to work out for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And number two, it was Proverbs 16.9, and it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You know, looking back at the big picture now, if I could literally just sum up that whole season of my life, I would use the word thankfulness. And I bet you're wondering, why in the world would I be thankful to go through all of that? And I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes God's no means that there's a yes to something better. And in my case, like God told me why he said no. And so that I wouldn't be embarrassed. I mean, wow. And you know, if the Lord never, you know, revealed to me that, Or even now, he never revealed to me how I would have been embarrassed. And honestly, in my mind, I don't I don't want to know. If my God says it's better that I didn't succeed at that time, I trust him. I believe him. And looking back now, I knew everything fell into place as it was supposed to. So, fun fact, my operating room job didn't even become available until right after I passed my NCLEX. I went in, you know, I spent a couple years serving for the Lord through the outlet of nursing. I had the opportunity to serve during a national crisis, which we now know is COVID. And, you know, I learned a lot about the Lord and about myself, you know, during that time. And I know that I also left that job at the exact right time that the Lord asked me to. Had He not directed my steps from then till now, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be with you here today. He has a plan a messy, beautiful, thought-out plan for you and for me. So today, if you've been faced with a no from the Lord, I pray you will remember my story. At the time, it felt awful. I felt like a failure. I felt let down. You know, I told you, I felt like I let down my family and my nursing friends. And I honestly, I felt alone in my sadness. And friend, any of these things reflect how you're feeling, let me encourage you. First, you're not alone. The Lord says in Deuteronomy 31.8, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally, he will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. How comforting it is to know that God himself promises to go ahead of you. He promises to be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. That his plan for you is perfect. So that each of the no's that you will get in your life, he wants to show you greater things than we can see or imagine. And number two, the Lord says he will provide rest to those who are weary. Maybe this season of no has been really long for you. Or maybe God is just being really quiet. I pray you will hear me as I read this. This is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And 
you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The Lord wants to hear from you how this is making you feel. Despite how you may think, He cares. And I know that it's hard, and I know you're upset, and I know you're disappointed. But He cares to know your feelings. But He wants to hear them from you directly. And number three, in the waiting, continue to seek Him and praise Him. Have you ever heard the phrase, until God opens the door, let us praise Him in the doorway? That is exactly how it is, friend. The days we don't feel like praising Him are the ones we need to praise Him the most. Things aren't always going to be easy. The Lord never promises us that. But He does promise to guide us and to be with us along the way. If you've ever heard of Habakkuk, Habakkuk gives us an amazing example of how to wait for a reply from the Lord. Habakkuk 2.1 tells us, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how He will answer my complaint. Habakkuk waited on the Lord, and as hard and as painful and as tiring as it can be, you can wait a little longer, knowing that what God has planned for you is so much more than what you have planned for yourself. Friend, I pray that whatever you're going through today, that you remember that the Lord of Heaven's armies is on your side. And take this to heart. Romans 8.31 tells us, Then what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let us pray. Father, I thank you and praise your holy name today. Thank you that all of you have done for the person listening and for myself. I thank you for all you have planned for us, the things you have revealed to us, and the things not revealed just yet. Lord, I pray for comfort this season. As we learn to take each no from you, is not a negative, but a way to lean in closer to you in the waiting, or for that no to become a yes for your plan to exceed our own. Father, your ways are perfect and we seek to have your plans over ours. I ask for peace as those of us who are praying for healing of self or a loved one. Although your answer may reside in a no, we pray for peace and the ability to praise you anyway. Father, I pray for the person listening to this, that they will seek you in a relationship if they haven't already. I pray in the next segment they choose to create that relationship with you so that they may be able to see the great things that you are doing in their life and create in them a clean heart to see all that you are. I pray for our weeks ahead as we become bold speakers for your kingdom and that this word reaches your people far and wide. And in your holy name we pray, amen. Have a blessed week. So you might be thinking, is God real? Can he really work in my life the way he does in the stories you're hearing on this show? And the answer is simple, yes. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and have that relationship with Him, we want to provide that opportunity for you today to make that decision. It starts with a relationship with Him. So wherever you are, God is going to meet you and change you. It starts with the decision to invite Him in and let Him be your Lord and Savior. If that's you, I would like to ask you to repeat after me. You can do this in your heart or out loud, Wherever you are, God is listening. Repeat after me. Lord, I am a sinner. 
Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean again. I believe your son died on the cross for me and was raised three days later. Today, I confess that Jesus is your son, and I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Please come into my heart and make me new. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Friend, if you just said this prayer, let me encourage you. The Bible tells us that you have now been made new. All your sins are forgiven, and you will join God in heaven one day. I am so excited for you. We would love to hear that you have made this decision. Please feel free to shoot us an email so we can get you a Bible and help you get connected. This is the greatest decision of your life, and I am so happy for you. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time for today, but we would like to say a special thank you to our listeners for joining us. And please be sure to check us out on our social media pages at Jesus Conversation Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And a special thank you to the generosity of Boiler Room Studios, located here in Alito, Texas, just outside of Fort Worth, for allowing us to record in their new state-of-the-art studio. Please check them out on Facebook at Boiler Room Studios for all your recording needs. Until next time, we are praying for you and asking God's blessing be upon you. Have a great week.